In this episode, we continue to discuss the career of John Williams. Enjoy! Oh, and we're back. <laughs> um, this is our last little portion of this fourth John Williams episode, and the next movie that we're going to discuss is, um, I think it's the title track to um, his 2005 score that he worked on with Munich. Um, it was a busy year for him. Yeah, I, early 2000s, um, you thought bad boy bands were like the only thing? No. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, so a quick um, just rundown uh, of the plot of this movie. After the murder of 11 Israeli athletes and their coach at the 1972 Olympics, the Israeli government secretly assigns Abner Kaufman, which is Eric Bana, to carry out a series of strategic retaliations. With the help of a driver, played by Daniel Craig, a forger, who is Hans Zischler, a bomb maker, I think it's Matthew Kostovitz, and a former soldier, uh, Sharon Hines, Abner conducts a worldwide operation targeting 11 individuals as the assassinations pile up, Abner begins to doubt the morality of his actions. Um, and just from, like, I, I find that entire description, it's like 99%, okay, and then the last sentence, it's like, oh, um, we're going to get real deep in this movie. Um, and if you <laughs> want, definitely, it's, it is a really deep movie. Um, but I, I wouldn't say I don't like it. It's just... I have to be in the right mood for this kind of intensity. Um, but either way, I think the music is, uh, it really does the job well of um, everybody has always, no one has gone through life without feeling some sort of regret in terms of morality, unless you literally have, you know, something wrong. And um, we can all, most of us that would be, watching this or would enjoy it would understand the kind of moral struggle that can happen within a person um and granted this one is of an extremely uh well intense kind of content (laughs) and to see it become a morality issue you know you have to think about the kind of character that would even begin to do something like this. Mm. And then what kind of a transformation is like, is that going to be, is it going to sound, what's it going to sound like? Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just because these kinds of issues are, they're buried so deep in a person's, um, you know, like the core of our being is principal, like quality and how we, judge things or the virtues that we hold closest to so the movies that really bank on moral struggles and things like that the perspective ratio in terms of type of person that's going to experience this um the possibilities are endless on what can really speak to that um and we've already established in you know, several of these uh, titles today, but also, like, every time we talk about John Williams, he just manages to put down, it is either blatant or it is veiled enough to give you, like, the maximum imagination possible to fill in 
what you might need to to relate to the film. And um, I think that's one thing that we find in um, like a lot of the music that we perform today. Uh, I think a lot of people or a lot of composers have managed to contain, like bottle up certain feelings and emotions. Um, I mean, you see it, especially like take Beethoven, for instance, his later symphonies, they all have this kind of angst drive to them at some point. And um, with, you know, John Williams, again, it's not that each of these is necessarily something that he feels or is a part of who he is, but he is portraying that. And I think this mystery that he allows um, between like the the harmony, for example. Um, in Munich, um, it's kind of off kilter in the meter and then the harmony itself is also not exactly something that we are used to hearing. Mm-hmm. So um, in some ways you might question or like say you've been sitting there watching the title sequence and two minutes in you're like, wait, we're still listening to the same track. Or 10 minutes in. Yeah. You know, um, you don't really know where it transported you and for how long. And now, oh, the movie's over. Um, so I, I think that Munich is one of those movies that you may not always see because of, you know, the bigger ones that John Williams has done, like Harry Potter and Star Wars. Like everybody knows those are John Williams, but Munich is one you'd have to go and like actively look up to see that he wrote it. Right. Um, because it doesn't exactly strike you, at least to me. It's really good John Williams, but that was not my first impression of it. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. So it it just it has a different kind of calling card to it. But um, anyways, what did you all think of it? John? It was scary. <laughs> um, I, this, was, this was new boundary for him, I thought. Um, <laughs> Hunter was right. I mean, this was a really busy year for him, but it felt like out of we're good. <laughs> <laughs> he heard you. He did. That's right. Oh, He's coming for you. He's coming after me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, here's what I'll say about this. What, like you said, we were saying like. We have three specific songs that we talked about in 2005. Um, if I could put them in order of, of relevance, I'd say Memoirs of a Geisha, Munich, and then way, way, way down, <laughs> way way down. would be War of the Worlds. But what, what's interesting about um, about Munich is just, it's just how violent the music is and, and just different and something that I, I really noticed about the music was it just felt like john williams had to like hurdle and like do a bunch of like like olympic not to not to make it connected to the olympics at all but he had to like do a lot of big things to like really make it speak and and make it different like mary was saying and you know it it, it just I think for me, sometimes when when John Williams is like laser focused into something, it really shows. Yeah, like it really shows, and it's present, and it's obvious, and 
I think what I wrote down, and, and this feels like such a long time ago, but um, I feel like the piece is some part of it. It's in 5-4, and there's also an aspect of, of serialism. And I know it's going to contradict my my thought about him writing serial music because I'm not always the biggest fan of serial music, but um, it's it makes sense in, in that what he really wants to do is really add to the intensity and the and like the anxiety of the of what's happening to Eric Bana's character in the movie. So, and he is successful in that. So, um, and honestly, it feels like this particular episode feels different because we're really looking at a lot of different kinds of, of music that he wrote and we're really finding like we're and and obviously world of the worlds didn't really help in that fashion but it really opens the door for for new tonal sound for him in this new way which is actually pretty cool i definitely um, agree so seem like a lot of gateway choices yeah yeah i think so too um hunter yeah i think you know uh, again we see him using uh what's what i'm looking for um uh, he, someone you know you mentioned before sean about him doing his research i think choosing to put um the the voice again you, it seems around this period you know this 10-year period since amistad he's really incorporating the voice a lot into his work. And in this particular case, he utilizes um, this very uh, specific kind of Middle Eastern chanting that they do um, in the cities of the Middle East. A a lot of the um, cities that uh, they uh, practice Islam, a lot of the the cities that do have these chanters that are in towers and they sing basically the entire day. Um, or they might have people who rotate out or, you know, however, I don't know the specifics of how it works, but choosing to put that in the theme of the movie, movie titled Munich, which is where obviously these Israeli athletes were killed while this guy is going around an event like, you know, retaliating for their death using their voice as the theme for the the movie is all you know it's like it's always on they are always on his mind right he's retaliating and it's is this the right thing they're always with him speaking to him i feel like because like you'd expect munich some sort of german theme but no it's because it's about them it's about their deaths and how that influences him and his actions about their deaths in retaliation for his for their deaths um so it's a really clever choice to, and a powerful one to show that, like, you know, they're dead. And along the way, the fact that they died might get lost to the people carrying out the mission. Right. right? But the theme keeps their presence there. Right. Yeah, I think so too. Um, are we all ready to talk about the next one? Yeah. yeah done. Time for the finale. Mary, do you want to finish us off? Sure. So, um, Uh, The last one on our list for this decade, uh, the beginning of the 2000s, um, sorry, the beginning of our millennia, the 2000s, geez, it's been a while, but um, the last movie on our list is the final movie in the Indiana Jones installments, right? This was the last one. I think there's another one coming out. There's supposed to be a fifth, which is the last one. 
got you. Okay, so this is the most recent one, though. I still think the fifth hasn't come out. No, it hasn't. But it's uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, And, like, a lot of the series uh, films that John Williams has been a part of, I think that Indiana Jones, um, it's the one that I would say most fuels my dislike but honestly just because the Raiders March idea um, he's a really good March guy you know yeah, I've written a few marches for band you know and that's kind of a joke because there are a lot out there and if you mm-hmm. analyze you know his film music he uses marches a lot um, and you know, as a horn player, I take some personal offense to that, but not really. Um, and I think in the Crystal Skull, one thing that the soundtrack did really well overall was um, the first three had like an archaic sense of um, like the kind of treasure they were looking for. Right. Like the Temple of Doom was primal in nature. Okay. Yes. Uh, and so the stories, these uh, histories that they're digging up, they're still ancient to us. But the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull almost alludes to, like, alien-type creatures. Spoilers, guys. But, like, it definitely is not entirely... There are non-human things about the storyline. And it separates itself from the other three movies, in a way. And I think that the... Like, the first one might have implied some things along that level, but more biblical, um, as did uh, the third movie. Um, So, the soundtrack itself, it gives, like, this, um, there are some spacey elements to it, and it's more than just Raiders March. But, um, like, who was it? Uh, Sean, did you say something about Marion's theme in this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I liked the love themes through all the movies, but the particular Marion's theme in this movie was, um, I don't know. It it just sets itself differently. Kind of like the change we see between, um, uh, chamber of secrets and prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Kind of like that. Only it's not nearly as dark because, uh, Harrison Ford is Harrison Ford is Harrison Ford, no matter how old he gets. Right. Uh, Yeah. He's kind of timeless, and um, it's just got this swooning vibe to it, and you're like, oh, you did it again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's, you know, Sean, you mentioned nostalgia for Marion's theme. Sorry, I'm reading off your own notes. Um, But Marion, right, she's the love interest of the first movie, and then you never see her again for two and three, (laughs) and then she's back in four, and it's it's this concept of like, oh, remember her? Like, I mean, and he was quite in love with her, um, more so than uh, Kate Capshaw in the second one, mm-hmm. or and certainly more than the the German woman in the third one. Oh yeah. Um. So, it, it's this idea of like you know, fate brought them back together again, right? So the theme mm-hmm. comes back, and so. It like you used to mention the swooping kind of you know the, this big sweeping sound of the strings, which he's so good at using. So I, I think it was a good choice. It's an Easter egg itself. Exactly. I I don't want to be too judgy, and this is going to sound really judgy, but it felt maybe like this movie was a a cash grab. 
I love. To... I oh, love, I'm sure it was. I love Harrison. I think Harrison will always be acknowledged for his great roles in Star Wars and um, Indiana Jones. Um, but I, I think there are a couple of, of really good moments in here. I don't really, I, I, I don't think I love some of the new themes in this because they feel like War of the Worlds. And, and, I, and again, I don't like using this word, but it's, it's a little generic. And again, they're both like, looking at me like, oh, come on, Sean, think of something different. No, it's, it's, it is, it's kind of, I mean, Mutt's theme is really based on scalier passages and uh, the bad guy's theme is basically like evil harmony. <laughs> evil like, harmony. Like from a generic bad guy standpoint, you know what I mean? So I, it, it, it's nothing that I feel like he reinvents the wheel, but the thing that I think that most people really come back to is the use of the original theme. And I think we, we did talk about that a long time ago, Hunter, Mary, and I, when we talked about the first Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and, and how, how important it was for us to really just get like the sound and just, just how, and how impactful that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, just, and just how groundbreaking it was at the time um, to do something that different. So, again, no slight to John Williams because he has a he's had a very long career up until this point, um, and he's still doing stuff and he's still kicking it. But I just I find it funny that it was this movie that we get that effect on because again, you know, the series Harry Potter has great continuity. Everything and it really does belong there in a lot of ways and Mm. i think most of the tracks stack up and the ones that you remember are endless uh, the same with star wars and so there are just so many winners with someone like john williams that when we hear things that are not like the peak of what we are yes that's it i want to you know walk down the aisle to this you know that kind of thing (laughs) you you, you don't walk going you don't say that you sing um, bum 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 bum. But it's just got a characteristic to it that makes me like, is this really all you got, man? Like, look at what just happened on the screen. Right, I really? Mean, like, I mean, yeah, but that's what I was also kind of saying about, about his originality, which is there is... Huh? I mean, we, we did talk about that a lot today. There were some really good ones. And then there were some ones that were kind of like, come on, John, you're better than that. You know? So, mm-hmm. and and again, we, again, us three biggest John William fans you'll ever meet, honestly, just because we, we really do love him as a person and everything that he's contributed to a lot of different art forms. It just, it just feels like we're starting to dip a little bit. And... Oh words still and like we're not even like no we're not even we still got we have still got plenty of music to talk about so it just feels like it's a little bit different um so any any other final words about this one hunter mary no i don't think so other you know no i don't think so okay mary i was never a fan of shia labeouf so maybe john yeah (laughs) yeah but but here's the thing i mean 
I guess I guess Mutt's theme was kind of based off of Indy's theme, yeah. in that it like kind of sorta really, it's but 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 it it, it it is. But but think about it. Like think about Mutt's theme. Mutt's theme is kind of a combination of of scales and articulations. Really? Right, that's basically. I mean, I think Bach could do better than that, honestly. Yeah, it's like, or right. you read it and you're like, you know, this could be an etude. Right. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, yeah. I mean, it, it is a little sad, but I mean, but he honestly reuses some of his old music and it works. So, like, I think one of my favorite scenes in the movie and i don't really think it's my favorite movie but one of my favorite scenes from the movie is when they show the ark of the covenant mm-hmm. and then you hear i think it's just it's pretty cool i mean it, it does make the impact that it wants but it's just there are the newer aspects that that, that just don't fit so and again john we love you if you ever ever listen to this podcast i don't know how you found it but oh, yeah. um but honestly um you you've done so much good for the world i mean sometimes you can turn out crap and then it can be okay but we don't always expect it from you so it could just be a bad movie too exactly that is true that is very true and uh i'm sure five will be the same way in that it'll be kind of a crash grab but it's okay <laughs> I mean, as Harrison as Ford needs to <laughs> Harrison Ford needs to leave his kids some money. So, uh, yeah. yeah so. Guys, always a pleasure to do this with all y'all. I love talking about John Williams, and we aren't done. Isn't that crazy? We are not done yet. We're on part. We're going to go on to part five of our of our discussion of John Williams. Please. Um, and like I was mentioning earlier. We'll we'll get to to talk about hopefully by the time that the, the um because uh, we won't be doing a lot of these in the summer, but these will just be rolling out as we go along. But we will be talking about hopefully we'll be able to talk about Kenobi in mm-hmm. the fall, which I think would actually be a really cool thing to talk about because we really did have a lot to say about Star Wars today, um and a little bit of Harry Potter, um but we will continue in that and then we will get to the age of now and then hopefully what we'll do is we'll also talk about some of his classical music pieces after that so again thank you for listening for so long we had a lot to talk about but i'd like to uh thank my friend hunter and my friend mary for being here and we'll see you next time and hunter click us off john thank you so much yes Thank you for listening and keep listening to what you love.